podcast. Movie, movie, 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 podcast. Are you getting this? Down with your moral majority. <laughs> Welcome uh, to Movie, movie, podcast number 28, everybody. Uh, wow. Ooh. Wait, you finally counted? Yeah. Oh wow! I've How always, you? I mean, have you? Do you ever look at the site? It says the number. Yeah, but the past three podcasts that you've said, "Welcome to Movie Movie Podcast." This is number I don't know. No, no, that was just that one podcast, but we did it three times. Oh, good. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm your host Tiggs, and with me, as you've heard, are Peter. Hey, it's Peter. Russ. Um. Hey. And the quiet one, Alex. The extremely quiet one, Alex. Hi. Hey, here we go. And this week, hey, uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking. I don't care about what's legal. I just care about what's right. <laughs> what? That's why he stays quiet most of the time, folks. That's right, or whatever. <laughs> uh, the, you know, the last the Jack Reacher trailer. Oh, right. Oh, right, right. Uh, way to see it. Uh, and this week we'll be talking about <laughs> Jack Reacher. And first up, I think, is This is 40. So can we get the rust down? Yeah, sure, whatever, I don't care. Uh, this is 40, directed by Judd Apatow, written by Judd Apatow, written by Judd Apatow, starring Judd Apatow's family. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, a look at the lives of Pete and Debbie a few years after the events of Knocked Up. Yeah, it's a post-Knocked Up world. Post-Knocked Up world, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, Just like the real world. What I love about Russ's enthusiasm, that's all completely true, like it yeah. is. <laughs> Written, directed, and starring his family, Leslie Mann, his wife, and his two kids playing her two kids, who what, yeah. which who are her two kids. Um, and I can't believe, well, before we get to that, just because it's on topic, I can't believe he had the balls in the end credits to go, written and directed by Judd Apatow, pause, based on characters created by Judd Apatow. Yep. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. I mean, is that not that like some like screen actor or like screenwriter's guild thing? thing? Yeah, dumb. <laughs> I mean, no, yeah, it might be, but that 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 could be a screenwriter's guild type of thing. Uh, mm. I mean, I have no idea. What, what what do I look like? I know about movies. So, <laughs> this movie's one hundred and thirty-four minutes. One hundred and thirty-four minutes. But you know, it only felt like one hundred and thirty and fifty. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This movie was so. Oh. Somebody's waiting. Every single right? movie that came out in December was over two hours. Every yeah, single really one. And I, saw I enjoyed most of them. Yeah. Yeah. Every yeah. single one. Not this, this one. This is 40 Jack Reacher's Zero Dark Thirty, even though it's limited, Les Miz and Django. All over two hours. I don't know about parental guidance. And Hobbit. Yeah, parental and guidance Hobbit. is five hours long. <laughs> <laughs> but out of all of the movies I've seen this December, no movie felt longer than this is 40. Yeah, I, I was watching that screener copy and hit the point in which me, Adam, and Evelyn paused it to see how much time was left. And it had only been an hour. <laughs> oh, man. And it was possibly the worst feeling ever. Because yeah. this movie is just like, um, it tries to be a slice of life. Here it comes. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but, I, heard this, I heard this before. <laughs> but it doesn't. it doesn't really feel like that because... Sure, sure. So the movie starts off, and they have the, like their whole marital "we're getting older" problems, and then yeah. they go away, and it kind of they kind of fix it almost, and you think it's fixed, 
And then the movie goes on for another two hours. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I it's... mean, I, I, you know what? I'll, I might be in the mind. I didn't hate it. Uh, yeah, but, but okay. <laughs> How did it not? What is to it. like? Not that much. Um, I mean, no, I mean, let's just start talking about stuff from the movie. Uh, all right, so I, I think that there's there's so many. It, it is like like Pete's saying it's a, it's trying to be a slice life thing. It's almost like a whole season of a sitcom. No, it's one and episode it's like, of a fucking sitcom. No, but like absolutely, they, they well they put in all these different um, subplots. But right. like this is the part that actually I think if you took out a lot of this stuff, I think there's a much you know probably is a better movie. Um, like. Her daughter watching Lost. Oh, That's that a, so nice. a like a three year old joke. Uh, I like I guess Lost is a joke, but uh, it is kind of. <laughs> um, and just like every now and then, she's like, "They're on the island, guys!" And like I know that something like Judd Apatow tries to do, like in Knocked Up, they like go out to see Spider Man three. Like he likes putting like things that are like you know, that kind of gone on yeah. in like pop culture in his movies. But this was just dumb and i think maybe you just maybe you wanted to give his like daughter a like a subplot yeah but they, they didn't and, do anything it no didn't i know further it anything no i know that part was infuriating uh and like also um just like the wife or leslie man's store the girls stealing because it would it would it would come up every 25 minutes and then it would go away for another hour yeah, yeah. What? I mean, you can't really get behind two people who, who the woman's store has lost twelve thousand dollars and she doesn't seem to care about it that much. Yeah, yeah. And like, why would why wouldn't you suspect the new person? Like, a- and and I mean, and the thing is, technically, like, we should be we we shouldn't really be on Paul Rudd's side. He's kind of a jerk, I guess. No, but he like, is a jerk, and here's I'm why. Never on his side. You people have financial problems. You have kids. I get it. And things are things aren't super easy when you have to raise a family. I get that. Blah blah blah. No one cares. However, you know for a fact your company, your record label, could do better if you just signed some popular band. Why wouldn't you just do that? I mean, I guess the movie kind of plays like a, like an annoying like Twitter hashtag. It's like yeah. like a like a like a white people problems type one. Well, it's just, but that's well, exactly yeah. what well, this movie Paul is because I couldn't identify with it. It's a fucking midlife crisis in a week, right? That's yeah, yeah. Well, but Paul, that's the problem. It's like it suffers from like like twenty four, and like I, I was saying before we started podcasting, like twenty four, twenty four. Yeah. As much as I enjoyed that show, no, none of what happened this in the twenty four hours was remotely possible. Well, at one point, Paul Same Rudd's character... Sh- this movie, having the balls to say it takes place over a, mu- a week. Boom. Yeah. So, uh, no, so- I, I agree. But that being said, I think that sometimes just like... Um, I think some of this... I think it was okay sometimes. And I think that like... I, I think I laughed. Really? Because I know for a fact I didn't laugh once. I, I laughed once. I, I laughed. Me, yeah, me and Tix talked I, about this before. We laughed exactly once. Yeah, the same thing. It seems. I thought the youngest daughter was adorable, yeah. but that does not a movie make. Oh. Yeah. So are you sure? Yeah, pretty sure. Well, pretty I think. Sure. I mean, have you seen Baby Geniuses? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's a, yeah, but that's a lot. That's a that's like a whole bunch of them, like bunch of adorable like children. It's not just one. We just gotta can, give her some superpowers. You can make a movie on multiple adorable children, not just one. 
Just saying. Or, or superpowers. Yes, that also works. Yeah, but you, I mean, it's it's even tough because, like, how charming a dude Paul Rudd is in, like, oh, yeah. everything else he does, yeah. it's so tough getting behind him because he even utters the bullshit line at one point of, I couldn't find a job, so I started this record label. That was terrible. Mm-hmm. And, and then Chris O'Dowd calls him out for spending $12,000 on a sign. Yeah. So was, were you in, like, why are you talking about your, like, dire straits of finding a job that you have a record label? And that that's what kind of bugged me about it is I'm like, unless you're going to have that character who sort of calls these people out for being ridiculous the whole movie, this movie falls apart on itself. I love Chris O'Dowd. And I thought, like, he was going to have more to do initially. So I was just really disappointed to see, like, oh, he says something that makes perfect sense that everyone's thinking, and okay, he's now relegated to, like, a fourth-string character in this film. Yeah. It's just well, stupid. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they definitely overreached for a lot of the... Uh, overreached uh, for a lot of the... Um, <laughs> like, having so many cast members and not actually, like, having them interact until kind of one of the last scenes. And so it's they like, had to like create different remote, like yeah. said, venues for them, yeah. And it's odd because like what, what really threw me off with that party was like that was the strangest list of invites. Like that was the strangest list of invitations for a birthday party. Like, oh, this is my employee. I'm going to invite her. I'm going to invite this person. I'm going to invite my trainer, but I'm not going to invite my sister, who was clearly in Knocked Up. I'm just not going to invite her. I don't think you wanted Catherine Heigl at that party. I get it. No one <laughs> wants Catherine Heigl at any party. But it it just seemed like weird. Like, for a party to reach as far as to like invite like people who spent all of one and a half minutes in your film, uh, I don't but then you don't invite your sister... Well, I don't think they mentioned her at all. And no, they didn't, and that's fine. But, but they mentioned Seth Rogen's character. Well, you, got, you can't forget what um, the shitstorm yeah. that uh, uh, what's her face, Catherine Heigl, tried to stir Pause, up. Yeah, which is like uh, he doesn't write anything for women, blah blah blah. And I get it; she's terrible. But even a reference, like she couldn't make it. It just seems weird. We watched a whole movie about like two other characters, and now this is like an event that your well, family would be invited to. I mean, I imagine time. that, like, you know, Jed Apatow probably had some little midlife crisis moment and turned into this movie, and, you know, oh, well, maybe yeah. he was like, I'm, you know, I used to identify with the, you know, Seth Rogen character, now I'm the Paul Rudd guy or something like that. <laughs> and he tried, you know, I don't know, kind of putting himself onto that or something. But, like... I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I uh, see, like, it seems like he does that a lot. But what I would love to see is him not do that. <laughs> um, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Can we all just, talk about Celtic Pride for a little bit? I'm into it. I love that. Movie. I yeah. love that movie. But I just think like there's so much more to be gained, like as a filmmaker. I get like you draw on personal experiences or whatever. But it seems like recently he's been drawing so hard on his own personal experiences. And using his whole fucking family to do it, that it's like I don't want to watch your, I don't want to read your diary, man. Let's make a movie. And I don't know, like the the whole thing th- they do. Sure. Of- what if he does just read his diary? That would okay, yeah. 
<laughs> if, that was, if he had like a one man show, it was just him reading his diary up on stage. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like I don't know, they they kind of deal with some like big issues and whatnot, and then a lot of the things are just kind of like, oh, everything will be okay, in a way that like, no, financially you're not going to be okay, and things are going to be fucking rough. And I don't understand how everything, how you people can go from just like infuriated to happy to infuriated to happy to infuriated to happy to infuriated to happy. And nothing really changes, like, at all. Like, Obviously, you've never been in a marriage. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, there you go, there you go. Um, and I get, like, maybe some of that could be explained away in the fact that, like, none of us have ever been, like, in marriage or anything like that. And I feel like some people, well, okay. you just don't get it. But, I mean, I may not get it, but I definitely don't like it. <laughs> So we can tell Russ is more terrified of the prospects of the movie, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's like bullshit. It's like you fix your fucking problems or uh, take to, or take any effort to, to do that. Otherwise, why did I just spend two and a half hours watching two people end up worse off than they were at the beginning of the movie? Right. And yet it's supposed to be like a nice, happy ending. No, go fuck yourself. Or whatever. Um, so let's read this. All right. Uh, the quiet one goes first. Alex. Oh, damn it. Uh, you know what? I, again, I, I see where you guys come from with, with all this. And I agree with you. Actually, I have most of it. Um, but I, I did like some of this movie. I do think that going into a Jed Apatow movie, you have to weirdly make some conceits and you have to be like, yeah, it's going to be too long. And they're going to shoehorn a lot of stuff in. Um, but but I did uh, I did think that there was, you know, if you do like his movies, it's worth a gander just to, you know, watch it play out. And I did think, you know, occasionally, unfortunately, they, they burn most of the good jokes in the trailer. But I didn't think, like, things like, you know, them talking about, like, yeah, I want my wife to be great to live my wife died type stuff. Like, I did think some of that was funny. Um, but not like I wasn't raffling. But uh, did you give it a rating? Nope, I'm back okay. to. Oh, okay. Uh, so you know, I'm 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 gonna give this. I'm gonna go with two and a half. Um, like boobs in a vice. That was a weird part. That was that was a weird part. <laughs> a lot of weird parts. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh all right, Russ. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to give it uh two kind of not quite cameos, but they kind of are because no one has any character development. <laughs> um I, yeah, it's a slice of life which has been said to death. Um it's just not a very good one. Uh no, there's nothing that really happens interesting, and I will say, like a lot of the dialogue, is, it's it's well written. It's just there's nothing to kind of surround this movie. It seems like lately, uh, Apato has like gotten so used to just like absorbing actors and writers and people into his world, and it feels like he has to like put them back out in his movies. So you've just got all these extraneous Apatoverse people that just don't have anything to do. <laughs> so it's just a waste of time. And it's really long. <laughs> All 
Uh, all right, Pete. I'm just going to give it one and a half your own wife's tits and children. Nice. Because I think it's very strange for Judd Jud Apatow to make a movie that um, has his wife topless, but also his two children in it. Well, that's a very good point there, Peter. Yes, that is a fact. That was weird. And yes, the mammogram scene kind of made sense because it's not like sexy or anything, but then what, that scene when she tries to be sexy and takes her tit out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, doesn't she know the rules? One boob, not sexy. Two boobs, always sexy. All right. Thanks. <laughs> um, I, didn't have, I didn't know that rule. Oh, God. That's weird. Uh, I'm going to give it uh, one and a half pavement T-shirts. Uh, this... Nice. I don't know. This movie was, like, trying to be liked too hard. I don't know. Like, I think that, like, men were supposed to, like, try and identify with uh, the Paul Rudd character in, like, the biggest way. Or, and, like, women were supposed to identify with uh, uh, Leslie Mann's character in the biggest way. And I don't know. I, it just kind of all fell apart for me. Uh, I didn't really care about anybody in this movie. Uh, I, I, so much of the stuff was just, like, stupid and tired. Like, we're talking about the lost stuff. And, and there's just – it's all filler. The entire movie just seemed like it was filler. And I don't know, like having Paul Rudd try and be some alt indie guy who's just like, you know, talking about like the Pixies or whatever, like that fucking is supposed to mean anything to anybody, especially when you're talking about how Doolittle was some fucking great album, which is bullshit because you should be talking about Bossa Nova and uh, Tromplemont. But anyway, that's where I'm going to leave it off on that. So next up, <laughs> we have got Jack Reacher. Uh, can we get the rust down? Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> Jack Reacher, directed by Christopher McQuarrie. A homicide investigator digs deeper into a case involving a trained military sniper who shot five rando victims. Does it say rando? No. Oh. <laughs> I took some creative license. I, I like that you did. That's what the rust down's all about. Yep. So, um, so I know this is like, this got Tiggs. Because the trailers kind of make it seem like a much larger picture than it is. Yeah, it's, I would say that's true. Yeah, it's like it's kind of it's way more toned down, and it's actually it's not an action movie. No, <laughs> can we say that? Just write it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it, it does look like one from the trailers. Yes, but um, which got me. I I think I think it's it's a very fun character who has some like really great moments that aren't like over the top funny, but just like kind of keep showing you how kind of like a badass this dude is. And I agree. And I think that the, the movie did have a lot of great moments, but I just think that there were just <laughs> there a was also some goofy ass stuff. There though. was like a lot of really good stuff. And then just like a lot of boring stuff for a long fucking time. Like, yeah. and I really wish there was a lot more of like this great character development and just like the, the great character that Tom Cruise was playing as Jack Reacher. And guys, every girl he goes up to in that like beginning montage and like that swoons, it was so weird. It was kind of weird. <laughs> um, but uh, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, I think. And Russ said it best. This is a, this is a dad's movie. Yes, yep. I agree. Oh yeah. So yeah, and like, I think I like this movie a little bit more because. There you get like maybe one dad movie a year, or dads in general get like one dad movie a year, and I feel like this would have been that for my father. Uh, any movie that has Robert Duvall in it, I'm kind of okay. So for me, this worked a lot more than it might have. Been. 
totally. That was that was weird. It's like an oncoming storm of a, of an explanation, <laughs> and then it exploded, and then went back to nothing. It was cool. And Robert Duvall. I'm Robert Duvall. Right all, all over. Oh god. Okay, Russ is probably going to be dropping in and out a little bit, so let's just you know what. I'd, let's skip to rating it, and we can kind of talk a little bit more in each of our individual ratings. Okay, that sounds like a plan. Uh, so, Pete, give me a rating. Uh, I'm going to give it... Um, oh, shit. Hey, you didn't think of that far ahead, did you? No, I actually didn't think of that part at all. Um, I'm going to give it a three and a half um, crack moms. Nice. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, cause I, I, you know, I, I saw it with my dad, and I think that kind of gave it something, because it's it's one of those movies that, like, it's fun, easy, conversational humor that you just, like, chuckle with your dad, you know? And it was fun, and, uh, like, and the fights, uh, I know Russ had said something about it before, I wasn't sure if that was on or off podcast, but... Off. Off. Off, okay. Off um, but it's, like, it's fights that are quick and are meaningful, because, like, if you're getting hit like this, you're, it's gonna hurt. Even the big fight between Jack Reacher and one of the bad guys at the end, like, they come to blows and, like, close combat and trade punches and then kind of break apart, like, in an immense amount of pain before they start up again. Like, no one's really that invincible. People are hurt. Yeah. And, man, Jack, Re- Jack Reacher beats the shit out of some people for the first part of this movie. Nice. Uh, which is pretty cool. That is very yeah. just, a, just a charming dude. Oh. oh, Jack Reacher. Um, all right. Uh, well, Russ, what do you think? Uh, I'd probably echo Pete with three and a half. Oddly enough, I'm aware of the fact that this movie's not that good, <laughs> but something about it just I found kind of charming. Uh, I liked most Tom Cruise movies. And I really thought, not the main villain, but Jai Courtney's character was like a really interesting, put a nice spin on being like the, the second in command for the bad guy. So there's a lot of it that I thought that I thought was really interesting. I would have liked to see more action, but I think maybe going forward there will be. So I liked it fine. I think it's totally worth seeing. And see it with your dad. There you go. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Um, I'm going to give it uh, three Werner Herzog with missing fingers. <laughs> um, it was uh, it was pretty good. It was definitely better than I thought it was going to be. If you asked me a month ago, I would have said this movie was going to be a piece of shit. Um, obviously beats the pants off uh, Alex Cross and kind of the other sort of like cop investigating type movies we got this year. Um, but I... I I still think it, you know, it almost sometimes, like, it felt like there wasn't that much going on. And I realized that, like, like like Pete said, like, it kind of tricks you into thinking it's a, it's a real action movie. Um, but I didn't think, like, the chase scene was that exciting uh, that we got, like, about three quarters of the way through. Um, but for the most part, I thought this is actually a really good vehicle for Tom Cruise. And I think he's, like, one of the best parts of it. And, you know, people like Richard Jenkins, I thought was, uh... I thought he was good, didn't really have much to do, but that's fine. He was just, like, a DA guy. Um, 
Uh, Rosamund Pike, uh, just her boobs were out, like, the whole... She couldn't wear anything oh, that was yeah, not low-cut. Cool. And, uh, and the guy that's, like, the, the sniper guy, five years ago, that would have been Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that, you know... The Ren. Jeremy, Jer- Jer- yeah, the this, Ren. Was pre- this was pre-Renaissance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that. That was good. But, well, yeah, I've this is before, guys. Uh, to us? Yeah. Huh. Oh, wow. We talked I, about I, the Jeremy Renaissance once. But uh, we talking about um, uh, Born, I think. Oh, yeah. Huh. So, someone right. go back and listen to that episode and tell me. We were drunk for that episode, right? All of them. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, I think, like like I said, this is actually a really good movie, like, go out and see with your dad. Because it's like, not, there's nothing like that objectionable in it. Uh, and also, it's like, there's nothing that awkward that like my dad wanted to watch, like wanted to go see this support and I was like no we're not going to do that <laughs> and I'm I made the right choice nice uh but I think for the most part yeah I, I think it's good I think you know go see it um and if you do miss it that's okay it'll be on Netflix or something soon yeah I mean what whenever it comes out streaming or something like definitely give it a watch and and you know pay attention when Tom Cruise is talking cuz it's pretty funny uh, could you mute for us? What? Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> hey, yeah, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> uh, but okay, yeah. Uh, we do some takes. What do you think? Uh, I am going to give this one two and a half. Oh man, I don't even. I don't know. Lonely men sitting on a park bench. Uh, I don't know why that image sticks with me from this movie. Uh, th- I don't know. Th- I mean, like like Pete was saying, I was kind of expecting uh, more of an action movie, and then it gave you that in a little bits and parts. Uh, but it was never. I don't know. There's just so much in between, and, and it was more of a procedural type of thing. And yeah, and that's fine. Uh, but that's not. I don't know. I, I was just bored to tears by it. I found that a lot of it just played really dry. Like there wasn't, was there like, was there a score for half of this freaking movie? Like, I don't know. cause I, I remember it being very, like... very dry throughout the entire score. And then like, as you were talking about the car chase, that was kind of an underwhelming car chase. Uh, but I mean, that's not what the movie was about overall is like, like the thing, like the car chase and the fights that happened. That's not really what this movie was about. It was, it was more about the yeah. procedural. Uh, and it what I mean it, it told like a decent story. The uh, Tom Cruise does a great job as Jack Reacher, uh, and I think that his character is really interesting. And I, I hope that like the next movie just like I don't know takes on more or something like that, uh, or gives me more stupid. I guess is what I was hoping for. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, you guys, you guys, uh, you guys down with this being a franchise? You think it? You think it's gonna be? You think it should, should I? Be? I'd be okay with it. Um, yeah, I just don't think it made enough money. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a Tom Cruise production, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think like the good thing about these though is like I I don't think they'll require that much in the way of a budget to yeah. get made. Yeah, if they stick to sort of like the style of this one, and because Tom Cruise is producing it, I'm sure he's getting most of his money on the back end. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, and I mean, and, I I really I really I really like Christopher McQuarrie. Yep. I hope he keeps directing, because um, I mean I love Way of the Gun. Me too. That movie is fantastic, and he's got a fun little kind of 
a hard-nosed style that doesn't dress anything up. <laughs> it's like pulpy, kind of, but not yeah. really. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So keep some house, Tiggs. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can find us on the web at moviemoviepodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at moviemoviepc. You can email us your complaints, questions, concerns, or your fake movie Fridays, uh, which we take submissions for. Uh, where we uh, on our wow on our website moviemoviepodcast.com, which I said before, uh, we post fake <laughs> movies every Friday that we write, and we want to hear from you, and we want to hear what your fake movies are. Uh, so email us at moviemoviepodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, and you could rate us on iTunes if you search for Priest and the Beekeeper, uh, which is what we are. We are an improv troupe that has a show the third Thursday of every month at Long Island City's The Creek in the Cave. Uh, it's a variety show which we host with our good friend and stand-up, Zach Broussard. It's called Pig Pile. Uh, this month it is on... Anybody got this for me? 26th? Oh, um, uh, the 17th. Uh, January 17th, 2013. Uh, so come on out. It'll be a good time. Oh, wait, actually, this one's going to be at 8 p.m. I'm sorry, I said 9.30. It's going to be at 8 p.m. We're changing time slots, just like Wayne's World at the beginning of Wayne's World 2. Uh, <laughs> so thank you guys for being here with me, uh, and we'll see you next week on the Movie Movie Podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>